Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And good evening, welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. It's the Monday Night Four, and you know the drill by now. 01416287237. Get your calls in. Whether you want to talk about Saturday's, Saturday's dumb demolition of hearts, or you want to look forward to Wednesday's trip to Rugby Park, speak of the new recruits, the manager. Um, we're here for you, uh, and this, this show is all about you guys. So do get involved. If you're joining us on YouTube, as always, like, subscribe, tell your pals, get some comments in as well. Could you still fire them up? We'll have a, a good chat about them. Listen, look at this stellar cast. Thank you for the good laugh before we come on. That's why my face is rather red. Now I do with the sunbeds. I've been hammering all week. Well, how are you doing? Uh, not bad, Rob. Nice to see you get back to Sunny Dory in one piece after your, your sojourn up the road on Saturday. It was, it was rather nice to see you. I couldn't quite spot your teeth in the, in the broom when I did have a look, but I didn't quite see them. But yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thanks. Uh, listen, it, was a, it was a great trip. I'm sure we'll go on to that in a bit more detail as the show goes on. Connor, you're a bit of a late sub tonight, but uh, delighted you could join us. How are we doing? I was indeed, I uh, no top form, absolutely. Um, and uh, likewise, I think the television cameras clearly were avoiding the room on stand in case the glare was going to cause problems. Um, just get them all out of the way, <laughs> nice and early. Brian, is it, a, is it a full house? Or are you going to be kind to me? Uh, yeah, I'll just be kind. Yeah, I'll be slightly different. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's been a good weekend. It was nearly an even better weekend, but uh, we go. We just go one game at a time. So we can do, it certainly is. Um, I have to say, you couldn't have told me that at half past three uh, on Saturday afternoon because I was in full voice singing all the songs and, and reminiscing of my childhood. Um, as I say, yeah, get your calls in. You can see the, the phone lines are open, 01416287237. You could be the first one on tonight's show. Wilf, uh, let's go for, for Saturday then, because I, I dare say, and I'm going to put my neck on the line here and say that was domestically performance of the season. I would say it's the performance of the season without any question, domestically or otherwise. First half was fantastic. Second half, tail off a little bit, but when you make all the substitutions, that's always going to happen. But first half was absolutely sublime. I mean, it was three going on, quite a few more. I mean, it was just... And the goals were fantastic. I mean, the goals... Early goal completely completely makes a mess of their game plan. Whatever their game plan is, it's not to attack us. So the early goals, an early goal really makes a mess of that. And then we did what we do, tend to struggle to do. We got the second goal. Because quite often, you know, we're getting at halftime a goal up when the team thinks, well, the opposition think, well, you know, we're still in this, but we really shouldn't be and come out with a goal. And many times do we do we slip, you know, do, do we slip up in that in that regard? We got the second goal, and then right on halftime we got the third one, and there were three three cracking goals as well. So, absolutely fantastic performance. No, no failures for me. You know, I mean, the usual people were asking who the man who your man of the match was, and it was all up where I was. It was all sort of different views and. You can make an argument for probably every single one that was suggested. It was a really, really good performance. Connor, I, I dare say, come um, you know five to three, you know, but the, the handoff for a one 0 No one quite saw that performance coming, or did they? I mean, no. I think um, 
you know, I said last week when we were talking about the games coming up, you know, about the fact that Hearts at home and obviously Kelly during the week. And I did say that I was a lot more comfortable and confident about playing Hearts in a, at three o'clock on Saturday and then going to Rugby Park on a, a Wednesday night. And it, it proved to be the case. I think, you know, it's like Will said, we, we went out there and we caught them straight away because look, Hearts have been, you know, the informed team. There's no getting away from that. Um, you know, as much as I don't think well, there's anybody who's a member of the Stephen A. Smith fan club on here, um, he has sort of turned a corner with him, so we expected, oh, this could be difficult, but we handled it brilliantly, and we just, we went straight after them, the quality of the goals, I must say, I think all of them were, were good goals, um, maybe bad in the Dessler's second one, which is a sort of scrappy goal, but um, the quality was there, and it just, it looked like, we looked like a team full of confidence, and, and we looked like a team who, doesn't matter who we were playing on Saturday, we were, we were going to have them. Brian, as, as the boys mentioned there, you know, the quality of the goals, but just that first one, the, the manager sort of maybe dug it out, actually, in, in his, his post-match, just saying, you know, how important it was that we got that, and it sort of settled into the game, and, you know, it's, it's a great strike again from Diamandi. Yeah, <clears throat> last week it was his right foot, and this week it was his left foot, so the guy's got everything. Um, I'm pleased for him, I'm even more pleased for Cortez, because I think he's all, I think he's been trying a little bit hard the last few games trying to you know make something happen and that was an absolutely sublime finish he had for the second goal um didn't even take a touch just strode onto it and tucked it in the corner so it was a you know i'm pleased for the two the two new guys to sort of get off the mark um and obviously silva's scored a few now so they're all buzzing now they've they're fully integrated into the team and i must admit we were going down on saturday and we were kind of thinking it might be an edgy sort of one two nil sort of score line but as Wolf said, we scored early doors and that threw the their game plan completely out the window. And um we took full advantage and smelt blood and went for them. So um as you know, as Connors has said, Hearts were the form team in Scotland and I never envisaged beating them by five. Um but it was a a five star performance from uh, a team full of confidence. Yeah, that here here. I'll, I'll, I'll go along with that. Well, Quite telling, actually, the manager, he was asked, you know, did you get everything you asked for from your team today? And he said, no, not everything. He said it was, you know, he'd, he'd have preferred not to have less shots against us in the yeah. second half. But as, I think it was yourself or, or Brian maybe alluded to earlier on there that the changes sort of played into that. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you change when you change it about, that's going to happen. But I mean, he, 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 took, it, he took advantage of the fact that we were very, very comfortable very early in the game to make, you know, to make substitutions, give more people game time. Which is which is what he has to which is what he really has to do. I mean, the way that the the man the manager utilizes the squad, I think it's fantastic. I was just saying to somebody earlier on today that I'm absolutely convinced that he sat the squad down and said, Listen, we don't play eleven we don't play eleven man games, it's a sixteen man game. Every single player you we're going to use the five subs. Everybody is going to play a part in the game. You know, you're going to get we're going to get game time. I'm telling you you're on the base, you're going to get twenty minutes, you'll get your twenty minutes. Unless it goes absolutely fucking, you know, absolutely haywire, something goes goes wrong on the pitch, because he's got a one primary that comes off. We've, we've commented on that so many times, and the substitutes he brings on, you sometimes wonder what he do. Why is he bringing this guy on at this position? But it always seems to work. They all seem to know what they're doing, and it's all about. I mean, I remember not long after he came in, he was he said he was shocked with the with the state of the fitness. He wanted them all up to the same level of fitness, and I think that. The way that he's managing the minutes, he's he's slowly getting them all to the same level of fitness as much as he can. Obviously, with a few ends of players and stuff like that. And I think come the split, we should have hopefully a fit, healthy and fire in the squad. But everybody absolutely championing the bit to to get going. And it's, I think he's one of these managers that he's never going to be totally. He's never going to come out and say, "Look, yeah, I got everything I wanted. I'm totally satisfied. There's nothing else we could have given them." I just think that's that's the type of guy he is. You know, there's previous managers and other managers and other teams that will say, oh, well, we're magnificent, everything we wanted to do, we did, we got everything. He'll never, ever say that, I don't think. No, he's probably trying to keep the players on their toes as well, somewhat. Um, Connor, just on what Wolf was talking about there, about using the squad and, and, you know, he's had words with the players. I think that was quite evident, actually, when Cyril Dessers came out to talk to the press after the, the victory. He sort of said that the manager spoke to him about his role with Fabio Silva, how they're going to be in and out. Um, he said sometimes it's not ideal when he's, he used the word hungry. Um, scored a couple, obviously, at the weekend, got took off. But you saw the manager straight in, arm round him, telling him this and, this, that, this and that, and, and just keeping him, 
you know, fresh and onside. It's it's great man management. It's terrific man management. Um, but that's that's been one of the hallmarks of, of Philip Clement's tenure uh, since he came in the door. You know, we've seen him do it with, with Todd Cantwell as well. Um, one of his early games when he hooked him, and you know there was maybe some questions what was going on there, and you know the, particularly in in uh, you know in Scotland and in, in Glasgow with the, the media that could have been blown totally out of proportion, and there could have been a whole you know who have made about that, and it was all shut down because of the way he handled. And, and just had the conversation with Todd Cantwell and it was just a case of, look, you need to be doing the roles I'm asking you to do and showing that he believes in the players and putting the arm around him and he's been doing that and I think Dessels, as you say there, is, is another example. I mean, it's funny because I don't think any of us have been massively convinced by him and yet the chances are he's going to be finishing this season with more than 20 goals for us because that's 16 he's on there. Um, you know, so... Um, unless he somehow doesn't score four goals within the end of the season, he'll, he'll reach a 20 mark. So, and and most of that's came in, in Clement's era. Look, he still has these moments when he maybe overthinks things when he's got too much time, but ultimately um, he, he's producing the goods and the, the hunger and the confidence seems to be there because that's two weeks in a row. He's, he's got a brace for us now as well, um, having not actually scored a brace before. I, I think... It's that's just the effect Clement's had. He's he's got everybody pulling in the same direction, and they're all hungry to, you know, compete and, and be in the, the starting lineup. Um, and that's that's what you want. Excellent. Uh, for, got a first call tonight, lads. Uh, Jim and Kirky. Jim, how you doing? I'm fine. All by yourself. They're smashing me. Aye, good weekend of it, and and obviously kicking off the week with the phone. So what's your point for the guys? That's fantastic. Just a couple of quick points. My, my first things about Saturday was the um, I was very confident Rangers would do the business and they did do that. And it was Todd Cantwell, uh, uh, Todd being the absent, so to speak. And I think it's his volumes of the, the, the team as a whole when he wasn't missed at all. I mean, you wouldn't know, you know, Tom Lawrence was excellent. Uh, the whole team was excellent. I thought Rangers were absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think also on Wednesday we'll take another four AFCON Manic as well down there um, I think that Rangers team was outstanding it looked like a team for the past if you like just everything about them was superb and they deserve all the credit they've got and my last point is it's also a question just getting back a wee bit from we used to kind of talk about left-sided centre-halves and I think everybody was in agreement including myself that John Sewer couldn't do that role I just wonder because I've certainly Change my mind. Is he now ahead of Balligan? Is he now a starter for Rangers going forward? Obviously, Balligan's not 100% fit. But if he was, do you think the jersey would still stick with John Suter? That's my point tonight, lads. Smashing. Let's let's take them one by one then, Brian. We'll start with, with Cantwell because obviously Lawrence coming in, they are two different types of players, but they've been both so effective when, when called upon. Absolutely. And as Jim's saying, Cantwell was, you wouldn't have. Well, it certainly wasn't missed because we've got in five nil, um, but obviously it had. That was obviously an injury he'd picked up at the the previous game up at Perth, so changes had to be made. But as as Jim saying, you know, you got Lawrence coming into the team, doesn't you know, just slots in and does the job exactly the same. So it's it's testament to the the squad as well that the the guys that are waiting in the wings are champing at the bit to sort of make a, an impact in the team and sort of contribute as well. So. Yeah, it's it's just great that the they've got a buzz about them. You can see it the the way they play the pass. Um, you know, it's everybody's just dying to play, and that that's something that was severely lacking at the start of the season. Well, if you take up the second part of Jim's point then about about Suter, because I want to talk about Conor Golson later on in the show, but um, John Suter has sort of I think he's probably split the support in a degree. He's been he's been unfortunate with injuries, been in and out. Obviously, Balligan had a bit of resurgence. Uh, before the, the winter break as well, but would you agree that it's it, it sort of shot to lose now? Of course, as he, he's he's the man in possession of the shirt, and he's as Jim, as Jim says, he's you know he's not doing he's not doing an awful lot wrong. I I feel a bit for John Suter because in the last kind of year or so, he's had that, horre- that horrendous injury that they couldn't get to the bottom of. Then they got to the bottom of it, and he suffered another one. You know, then he had a a bereavement in his family. You know, which is difficult for anybody to take, particularly a, a, a young man, you know, and he said all sorts of things like that going on. I think now obviously the 
the, the bereavements in the past. I know it's not something you get over straight away, but you know what I mean? It's far enough, far enough down the line that it's not, he's, he's managed to kind of find, find a way of coping with that. Uh, he seems to be over his injury problems. Um, so hopefully that's that's the that's the case because he's 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 certainly the most athletic centre half we've got because he you know when he when he does his Amaruso runs and goes goes belting up the park he never forgets to get back you know whereas if Goldson goes for a Messi you don't see him coming back because Goldson's just not got the he's he's a bit, he's not not he's not got the he's a bit he's a bit older so he's not got the, the pace to get back if you like but John Suter will go for a, a big Messi run. By the way, what a cross he put in for the for the goal at the weekend as well. I mean, just phenomenal for a centre back. Uh, I think I think his fitness levels are tremendous. And he, there's a comment there. He's the best centre half that we've got. Not quite sure I agree with that because we Conor Goldson just he's just incredible. But I mean, to me, they're, they're slightly different types of centre. I think, but I think yeah, to answer Jim's question directly, it's definitely his 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 shot to lose without any question. Jim, would you agree with Will from the sense that, you know, with Suter it is the fact that he gives you something offensively almost because he does come out with the ball. He's put that lovely zinger in for, for Dessler to get on the end with a volley. He's just adding a bit more to his game. He's just, he's just got a very great football uh, brain, Robert. You know, absolute football brain. And, you know, as I said earlier, the point was about being left-sided. You know, remember we all we were kind of all in agreement they couldn't play on that left side. So, you know, if he's as good as that on the left side, can you imagine how it would be if he actually played in the right side? Uh, and to answer, to go back to what Wolf said, it was an absolutely incredible ball for, for Dessers um, as well. And, and if, if I, before I go, guys, if I'm just another quick point, do you think with the emergence of Cortez, do you, do you think that would maybe potentially kill the SEMA, the SEMA deal at the end of the season? Is just your thoughts on that? You know, for the amount of money you'd have to spend on him and then I'll, I'll let you guys go on the rest of your night after that one uh, No bother Connor you came in on that then Seema obviously is due back if, if reports are believed in a couple of weeks but early signs Oscar Cortez just gets you off to the edge of your feet he's one of them kind of players uh, Yeah he absolutely is um, you know he, he, he just the way he's, he's sort of fitted in so quickly and into the team you'd think he'd been there for months and he's only had a couple of games under his belt. It was incredible. And again, the finish was, you know, he took that with a plum. It was a terrific goal. Um, in terms of Seema, well, I think Seema's a, a, a terrific player. I think in an ideal world, you'd want to keep him. I actually feel that the decision on the Seema situation probably won't be made until with, you know, whether or not we win the league. I think that might determine it. Um, I think if we win the league, and you get that pot of money there, then it's a no-brainer that, that you would you would go for it. Um, I think, you know, so I think we'll just have to wait and see with that one. But uh, there's no reason why you can't have both in the squad, quite frankly, because you want that. If you've got good quality players um, and you've got a couple of them for the same position, they can battle out with each other, that's what you want. Because we were all concerned when Seema got injured at, at, the, at the AFCON and we haven't missed him. We have not missed him in the slightest because... You know, because of what Cortez has been doing, um, not to mention other players stepping up to the plate as well and, um, and doing what needs to be done. So what I would personally, I'd like us to still try and get that deal done. But um, having Cortez there, I don't think we'd need to get ourselves sort of bent over any kind of barrels to do it. If it's not going to be right financially for us, we won't do it. But hopefully it will be. We won't be bent over any barrels, Jim. That's what Connor says. <laughs> Um, thanks for your call tonight, Jim. Pleasure. Uh, certainly. Well, you should have a great night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, you can always rely on Jim for a, for a laugh. Um, listen, hello from Toronto. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for joining us. Do like and subscribe as always. Um, and get your calls in. You can be next up 0141 uh, 628-7237. Brian, just um, while we're on the talk about oh, centre-halves and John Suter, obviously, Connor Goldson made it 300 appearances. Uh, at the weekend, he's the quickest player, I believe, to make that um, milestone in terms of days from his debut. He beats uh, Tavernier's second, and then the, the David Cooper and Alan McCoy's form. So mm-hmm. quite a quite a list. Um, and the front two, we'll, we'll leave the captain aside for, for now. But Goldson and, and Tavernier have taken some stick in their time since joining the club. And, and Conor Goldson's probably taken a little bit more this season, um, having maybe been rushed back initially pre-season. Um, but just uh, he's, he's, he's such a solid, reliable player. Absolutely. And I think he went something like, was it 
can't remember how many games he went without you know missing a game. It was crazy, um, and I think just his longevity as being available is incredible, regardless of position. Because obviously, a centre half, um, you're not as what's the word I'm looking for? You're not as much. You're not using your sort of speed and physicality as much as maybe a midfielder or a, or a forward. Um, but to still be available, available for selection for that many games in a row, it was quite incredible. Um, as you say, he's taken a little bit of stick, some of it granted, um, just like Tav, he's taken some stick as well. But at the same time, the contribution that they've made, um, is you, you cannot underestimate that sort of level of consistency and value for money as well. I mean, <laughs> Conor Golson was three, three, three and a half million and to get 300 appearances out of him already, um, it's quite incredible. It's and it's testament to himself as well as being a you know obviously when we signed him he had he had the heart problem and you know everything was still sort of very unsure and for him to come through all that and play the amount of games that he he has is uh, as I say it's testament to his own professionalism. Hundred percent, Brian. I couldn't say it better myself. Listen, we've got another caller. They're coming thick and fast now. Ian's on the line. Ian, welcome to the Ninja Rabble Podcast. What's your point tonight? Uh, evening, lads. Um, well, um, obviously, I was on like the last time and uh, kind of gave a bit of a not so overconfident prediction. Um, good God, how wrong was I? I should have gone and said that we were going to stuff those jambos and all that. My goodness, I mean, it was literally. I mean, this was this was a bit of torture on Saturday because I had the rugby on at the same time on the TV, so I had to I stuck the thing in on on the on the earphones and forgive my dad. I cheered things. He thought, I, "What what was I listening to? It was the goals." And I was like. What the hell's going on? We're beating these lot. It's not even, not even. We're three nil up, and it's not even the half time yet. Wow, this was fantastic. But um, the point is, is just. Um, I, I mean, you know what it is? Is, is how, where can I start? Okay, player wise, I think I've identified that the main player that I do not want to see get any hurt. I want to, I, Lawrence has to be the is for me the man at the is the man because I know people go about Cadwell, but Lawrence just sees passes without even looking at them and. He's just got that vision, and um, and it was his goal. It was his, he provided the pass for the second goal. I don't even think he knew Cortez was there. I just think he telepathically, he telepathically saw him and just said, "Right, have this one." But um, you know, the, you know this, you know what this team's making me do. It's, I know I said it a week ago about going to the new camp and and winning. I mean, geez, we, I generally believe we could literally take any team on right now, and I would be confident. Heck, if that was us at Wembley yesterday against Liverpool. We would have. I feel like we would have won that. We would have showed Chelsea what not being bottled jobs is. That's how confident Big Phil's made me. I just, give us them all, and we'll knock them down. <laughs> well, Tom Lawrence, tell, telepathic powers. I think. I think it's more down to the work they're doing on the training pitch. I mean, it'd be nice if he was telepathic, but I think we're getting to the stage with players because the message appears to be so simple that, that you know the managers get the message across the way they need to be. They know where their teammates go to be, so they don't even look up. They just hit it. They just pass it. They just know, you know, if I put the ball into there, he's supposed to be there. And if he's not there, I'm not getting grief for playing the pass because I'm playing the pass I'm supposed to play. My teammate's supposed to be there to meet the pass, whoever the team, whoever the teammate is, depending on the, obviously who we've selected at that time. Um, but yeah, it's I suppose it is a bit of telepathy, but it's just it's more more that they know they know where their teammates are supposed to be and they, and they trust them to be there. So they just they play the passes almost blind if you like they don't you know they don't panic they know that if they're, if they're under the pump a little bit you know they can just say right off like 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 I mean, so like we said earlier on with John Suter he can, he can throw a ball on a sixpence so he knows well if I throw this up to the edge of the eighteen yard box there's a, that's that's where Big Cyril's supposed to be so I'm going to throw it up there and hopefully he's there and nine times out of ten he is and it looks like a great a great ball it turns out a goal it turns out a goal but to touch on Ian's other point about us beating absolutely anybody. To be fair, I was like that when we were in the third division. You could have put us up against Brazil and we'd have beat them. And that was where, you know, I mean, that was where guys like John Daly playing for us. So, but his, his enthusiasm is fantastic. And I hope he's right. Let's go on and win absolutely everything. Let's win the league. Let's win the quadruple. Let's win the Eurovision Song Contest. We'll, we'll represent Scotland in the, in the Euros. We'll win that as well. You know what I mean? Let's just do the whole lot while we're, while we're flying high. Ian, uh, just obviously. Punters just loving your, your vibes. So I just want to, do you think, come on, it'll make many changes on Wednesday night? I know you mentioned Tom Lawrence and you, you don't want to see him injured. Is that pitch conducive to his recovery or, or do you see him 
she is maybe maybe putting Silva in the ten. How do you see us looking as we line up Wednesday night? Oh, you just mentioned Killy and all that, and that Astro pitch and all that. Okay, well, being that Big Phil does like rotation, I wouldn't be surprised if he like maybe leaves Lawrence out for this or brings him on. Uh, and he perhaps would bring him on towards the end. He does do the rotation thing, but he does it well. Um, yes, I would. I think I'd like to see. Uh, you know what? I'd like to see Silvers. I know Des has got two goals on Saturday, but still, he has that worry about if he's going to hit it in or not. I still think I want to see Silvers start more of those bigger games. I, I feel like he'll. He might start on Wednesday, but. I just want to say, it's just, I don't know, I just feel like I could trust him in front of goal a bit more than Dessers. I mean, I still haven't got Parkhead out of my head that with Dessers and all. I'm still having PTSD from that. So, um, But on, on the team, I do think there will be some changes. Uh, we have got the game at home, to, and we have to also factor in the fact that we have got Europe coming round again, that, that, factor, that factoring in as well. So the rotations might be a bit more and more heavier now with this coming up, if we're balancing all this plus the cup, but... You know, what, what, what Big Phil's make? he's doing so well, is I see it with some other managers. You can tell that sometimes some managers, they, they hate rotation because they're so rigid with what they want. And you can tell it bothers them. Whereas he's making rotation look like it's easy. He's, making it, he's, make, he's putting some managers at the minute to shame and all that with how he's making it so work. And, I mean, good God, thank goodness, he, thank goodness he's our manager because it's just, you know, I'm, I'm laughing at all other managers who whinge about rotation a lot, but... I mean, it's just, um, I might sound like I'm on top of the world here, but it's just, you know, when you when you beat the third best team on the weekend who had a good run themselves, you just think, right, bring bring them all on. Bring them all on. And I can imagine uh, Ben Fieker on Friday saw that draw and thought, oh, for God's sake, we're going out. Like, so many of our compatriots have perished at Ibrox. It's our turn now. Brilliant. <laughs> Ian, delighted to have you on as always, mate. Do call again, all right? He's gone. Is he gone? There we go then. Um, Connor, I'll come at you actually just on this this point that Matt Doyle brings up. Club wants team selection is so unpredictable. Other managers must hate it. What player do, uh, do you prepare for? Um, I think you could probably pick the back four, back five. It's the, it's the, it's the middle to front where you've got so many options now. You look at the, the substitutions getting made. There's players coming in with real, real quality. There certainly is. And that, that, well, the thing is that Sometimes managers have to chop and change, um, you know, for reasons that are out of their control, whether it's injuries or suspensions, and he's doing it because everybody's in good form right now. Um, and there's not really, you know, whatever changes he makes, you can never really look at it and say, oh, but, you know, that's severely weakened us um, in this area, what have you, because, you know, we're all in good form, obviously, they've got different attributes. Um, but I think that's part of the game plan as well because we do have so many games when you're battling an old front you want to keep everybody fresh and I think he, he takes each game um, on its own merits um, I think you know he's got enough respect for the opponents we're playing against that he'll approach it differently so if he thinks that it's a better fit to put you know for Tom's sake you know Tom Lawrence in in a game um, and then the following week he'll maybe drop him and bring in somebody else then he'll do that um, if he feels they're better suited to those games and I think that's what he's been doing and I think obviously what's helped him as well is when you've got a player like Dujon Sterling who, I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to do because, you know, he, he was signed as a sort of a backup to Tavernier in case, basically just in case thing event happened because he was never going to get ahead of him but for him to be a, a fullback by trade and every position he's been asked to play in under coming, he's, he's took to it like, you know, but a fish and water, it's brilliant. And then um, the way he's been playing, particularly the last two games when he's been on the wing, I think he's been really impressive. I almost think he's been better there than he has been when he was in the middle of the park. Um, and he was great there as well. So, you know, I think it's just testament to the way the squad is right now. Um, and of course, the, the advantage is you're getting players coming back as well for injury. And you want that to, you know, to get as many players fit and ready to go as possible. Obviously, Kemal Roof was back on the bench. Who knows how many appearances we'll get out of him before he gets injured, but he can he can afford to make those changes and keep everybody, you know, where they go. No, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's interesting you obviously mentioned Dujon Sterling because when the I was in Edison House with, with Kerr and the, the team came up and they thought Sterling at right wing and you 
kind of thinking, how's this going to, going to pan out? Maybe I, th- I thought they might have been preparing for Alan Forrest at, at some stage, but obviously he started on the bench for Hearts. Um, but he was just absolutely phenomenal. Dujon Sterling, as Will said at the start of the show, you could have named every player for man of the match, but I really, he was one that, that caught the eye. It was great to see uh, him up first hand and, and see how, how you know what he's offering in every position that he plays in, as you, as you say, Connor. So um, I think he could be a real, real big plus for us in Europe. As well, um, I'm doing a bit of padding here because I think there's a call coming in. I don't want to go to Brian and the call doesn't come in, but we'll go to you, Brian, anyway, and you can have your point. Um, I want to discuss Ridvan Yilmaz. Um, there was a lot of talk during the January window with 30 days of it that he was going and he was funding a move for so and so. Um, it never happened, and I've got to say, I thought he had his best game in the Rangers jersey at the weekend. He's slowly, he's slowly gaining that confidence where he's getting game time and he's. Uh, understanding, you know, where where he has to be and, you know, making the right tackles. I I never for one minute thought he was getting sold. I just couldn't believe that we were going to be leaving ourselves with just Barisic um, and selling Ridvan. It, it's left-back's a precarious position as it is already. Um, so there's no way for me that we were losing Ridvan. Um, five foot seven or five foot eight or whatever, he's really started to slot in there perfectly and I believe you've got a call now so I'll just cut I'll just stop there. <laughs> well listen delighted to see first time caller Heather has joined the Rabble podcast. Heather what's made you call tonight? Hi guys I love the show so I'm keen to call in. Um, I've been wanting to call in a few times but I keep missing it so um, <laughs> this is the first time I've been able to watch live. Um, my point tonight is I know there's a lot of chat about the kind of worry about playing Hearts and Kilmarnock but I think the way Phil's got the team playing now, I think we'll absolutely hammer them um, so much so I wish we were playing Celtic at Parkhead I think we'd absolutely battle them as well the way we're going so yeah I'm just really enjoying it and really enjoying the way Phil's got us playing You've got a touch of the wills tonight here a bit of that just to pull that with the last call well it's a point well made wasn't it that the, the, the manager sort of touched on in his, his post-match as well but the synergy bringing that back to Ibrox with the fans he's got us all believing it's, it's brilliant to see and um, I know I was a bit worried about Cantwell being out injured but from what you guys were saying I agree I don't think we've, we missed him at all on Saturday No Heather I think you're, you're 100% right and that's that, that just tells you how how good a, a squad that we've assembled you know in a very short time I mean, the managers only brought in three players those three players all scored on Saturday you can't ask for more than that they're all, they're all playing really really well when he when he changes the team up, you don't really know. You don't really notice that, you know, the changes in standard doesn't drop any other than when you're making four or five substitutions in a in a short space of time. Then obviously the game breaks up a little bit. But when he when he rotates the starting lineup, it's not really really changing too much. He's, it's the manager seems full. He, he seems to have bought into what we do. He seems to be aware of Scottish football. Went to Perth last week and he said, "Look, it's not going to be pretty. The pitch is the pitch is awful." After the game, he always he said, "Look, we knew it wasn't going to be pretty, but we did. We did. They put out the team to win that game." He seems to be very much a horses for courses man, rather than that's why starting eleven and bad injury. That's what we're getting. The feel good factor is one hundred percent back. I mean, I've I'm trying I'm trying to keep my, my my feet on the ground, trying to trying to take it a game at a time, trying to look no further than Kilmarnock on Wednesday. But it's really really difficult because. I agree with Heather. I wish we were playing Celtic on Wednesday. I really do because I think we would. I really think. We would, we would beat them easily, and they just they would just implode because they are they are one heavy defeat against us away from just absolutely exploding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm just... the only one out of all my pals that's that sees the right side of Glasgow. You know the blue side, and uh, I was chatting to them on Sunday night or Saturday night, and they were all saying it was a fix and all the rest of it. So I think we're really winding them up. So it's brilliant to see. Connor, Heather put, makes a point about obviously she says she wishes it was Celtic. Well, fortunately, it's not. It's, it's Kilmarnock. But just to tie it in, you know, Kilmarnock's home record 1 8, eh, drawn 4, lost 2. Celtic have won 9, drawn 3, lost 1. So, you know, the records at home aren't too dissimilar. Uh, no, they're certainly not. And, and Kilmarnock are, you know, you can't deny. Derek McInnes has done a terrific job at, at, at Kelly. You know, we talk about it often enough uh, on the Scottish Football Show, shameless plug there. Um, and it won't be easy, but there's part of me that kind of feels, it, you know, in, in a way, it kind of comes full circle as well because, you know, it was Rugby Park, my first game of the season, and, 
you know, things started kind of going a bit wrong when they lost there. Now I've a chance to go back there midweek and go and sort of put them back in their, their box a little bit as well, you know, and, and get that one back on them. I know we did beat them at Ibrox, obviously, but um, listen, it won't be easy, you know, on that surface and in the form that they, they've been in. It'll be a tricky game, but the way we're playing, it just doesn't worry me as much as it maybe would have done five or six months ago. Um, I feel very, very confident in getting a result. Um, uh, you know, against Kilmarnock and hope, you know, when we continue, you've got to remember we've got them and then Saturday we're at home to Motherwell. They've got to go away to Tincastle at the weekend. And trust me, if there's a game they can drop points in, they can, you know, you can see Hearts getting something in that all day long. Um, so, you know, but we've just got to keep ticking the boxes, get our job done and it doesn't matter what anybody else does. Heather? I hope you enjoyed your, your first time on the pod. Do call again, all right? Cheers. Well, do. Thanks, guys. Hey, boy. Cheers. Cheers. I could see Wolf shaking his head there vociferously. We'll come back to that, Wolf. Brian, just to come back to the, the, the point before the caller came on, and, and as I say, 0141 628 you could follow Heather. Maybe you haven't called before. Don't be scared. Get involved. Um, it's a good time to call. You could be next on. So, um, Brian, we are talking about Red Van Yilmaz there. Um, and we got we cut we got cut short. But I was just sort of saying that I thought it was his best um, ninety minutes. Uh, you sort of said, um, you know, he's growing and growing in Rangers jersey. Absolutely, um, game by game, he's getting better. Um, he's looking more solid. He's not scared of a tackle. Um, he's he's going forward. He's willingly going forward, uh, looking for you know going down the wing or you know the overlap. Um, but no, the the wee guy's playing tremendous, and it's it's just great to see a fullback. Flying, you know, a left back flying, like you know, like probably when Borna first arrived, he was doing that. So, of course, with Borna being a little bit older and struggling leggy wise, he's not getting up and down the pitch like he used to. And it's great to have a, the options on both sides now because obviously we've had to have him one side in Red Van and the other. So, um, it's great to have the, the options of both fullbacks being, you know, offensively sort of minded and getting involved. So, you know, and I think Red Van scored as well this year. So, you know he's not he's not not scared to have a shot either. Um, but the, would you, Brian, Brian, would you, would, you, would you think though he's getting better with his delivery into the box? And you've got to see he's defending on Saturday. That the Atkinson was having a torrid time against him. He just could not get past him. No, no. And I think somebody in the comments said, you know, they locked the left. He locked down the left back sort of side because nobody, both wingers or or Shankland that was down that side just couldn't get any change out of him and. That's that's just credit to him, and you know he's 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 always had a sticky time, obviously with with injuries. He's had a great start, and you know, but you know as Paul says there, he's, he's never lost a header and won every tackle. I mean, that's as a defender, that's all you can ask. As a manager, sorry, that's all you can ask of a defender is do to do his job, and he's he's doing tremendous. And I mean, for what is he twenty two, twenty three? I mean, I, we bought him for a lot of money, and it's it would have been madness to get rid of him, absolute madness. And I'm glad we didn't. Listen, I've listened to, to Lewis go on for months about Red Van Yelmaz. Um, he never stops. And I, I messaged him on my way home on Saturday. Obviously, I wasn't driving at that point. I pulled in safe. Um, I messaged him and just sort of said, uh, I've converted. He, he, he was fantastic. And I, and, I, and, I, and I just think this is the this is it. He just needs that run of games. And, he, and he's getting that under the manager. And he's obviously giving him that belief as well. So just great to see. Um, I don't want him shooting back to Turkey anytime soon. Um, Wilf, I did see you shaking your head. Not at the last caller that, that the producer was... You know, intimating um, was obviously that the, the comment about you know Celtic and Hearts and what Connor had said. Yeah, I I just have just have this belief that they don't drop points when you expect it, and people are thinking, well, they can go to Tynecastle and drop points. It'd be great if they did. I just because because people are expecting it, we do it. I don't think they will, but a lot of that will depend on how Hearts got on Wednesday night against Hibs. <laughs> because if they if, if if they beat Hibs handy, that might that might put them back on back on the bike, so to speak, might put them back to straight and arm. But if they struggle against Hibs, I think Celtic will probably beat them quite handily. But we don't need to bother about what they do. We just need to keep winning games of football. You know, we beat we beat Kilmarnock and then not looking too far ahead, we then beat Motherwell. We're still we're back to five points ahead of them minimum before they kick a ball again on Sunday. So let's see how they handle the pressure. Because it won't be easy for them at Tynecastle. It is a difficult place to go. They'll only have 572 fans or whatever it is, super allocation it is that Hearts are giving them, same as they give us. So I just don't expect them to lose points on, on Sunday, but it would be absolutely delightful if they do, particularly because I'll be in Gorgie at the time. But yeah, we'll wait and see. 
I'll have Clemson. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to the game. I'm going down. I'm going to see. We're going to see you at Tynecastle. No, I'm no, going to the. We know the logistics of this. I'm going to the Rangers ladies game at Meadowbank, so I'm going down with my missus, save us taking two cars. There you go. Come on, get up to speed, Connor. Right, delighted to say we've got another another call on the line. Uh, James, channel member, is he's called up to make a point. James, welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. How's it going, guys? Hi, great, mate. Listen, delighted you've joined us. What's your point? Uh, I was I was just saying there. I would lo- like, obviously, the progression of Rangers is looking great so far. With, with the likes of like Pavanier, he's playing phenomenal under the manager. But what I, me personally, what I would like to see him is maybe push forward as like a midfielder, and then a winger, then put Sterling Dijon in his natural position as right back, because obviously as we evolve and through the season, Tav isn't got to be there, and Dijon Sterling must be the answer to Tav, and I would love to see him play in that position. For a good few t- games, and maybe he's Tav just push forward because I actually think Tav would be more explosive going forward as a midfielder or or as a winger. Connor, does that solve a problem or create a problem? Do you think? Uh, I mean, listen, it, you know, I'm I'm sure if you done that, that the Sterling would be absolutely solid and would would do the business because that's what he's been doing wherever he's been. Um, Personally, I think it kind of seeks to solve a problem that's not really there. Look, I know Tav's had his critics when it comes to the sort of defensive side, <clears throat> excuse me, the defensive side of the game. Um, but right now, we're in a good place and it, seem, it seems to be absolutely working fine. Tav's getting up and down the line just, you know, just fine. He's still whipping balls in the box. The goals we have conceded uh, in any recent games none of them have came from Tavernier's side. Not one of them have been necessarily on him. They've, they've been either sort of those long balls over the top or, um, you know, the sort of the, the goal that, that County managed to get as well, which is a sort of ball over the top as well. So, I mean, yeah, you could do that. And it would be interesting to see it. Um, but I, if it ain't, don't, don't fix it, you know. Would you agree with that? James, would you, you know, is, are, we try, are we trying to sort of, you know, put, what is it, square pegs and round holes? Well, yes, no. The, the reason why I'm thinking that is, like, how much years does Tav have left in him, belting up and down that wing, uh, from right back down, you know? And obviously, like, Dujon Sullivan, I, I think he's class, and he's been used in various positions, but I want to see him at right back doing his duty there, and... Uh, I, I just want to see Merrill because at the moment he's my favourite player at the moment and maybe that's why I'm pushing for it. <laughs> I was going to say, Brian, I think, I think uh, James has got a wee bit of bias there with, with Dujon Sterling but, but to, to go back to, to the captain, I thought he was he was really good at the weekend. He has one where he, I think, first half he stings the palms at, uh, as Amber Clark from distance. Um, he, he, he wasn't pulled out of position uh, that I can remember. Um, defended well and, and, and I thought he had, a, he had a really good game. Yeah, solid. You know, Tav doing Tav things, and, and you know if he's not scoring, he's uh, keeping it solid. But I mean, again, it's 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 so difficult to sort of give Tav any grief because he's been so useful for us in the sense of you know assists or goals. And it's I get that he's obviously a defender, and if he makes a mistake, then it's amplified because defenders and goalkeepers, if they make mistakes, it looks and you know looks worse, obviously, because it leads to. Uh, a goal conceded, you know, but um, no, he's playing really well and it's it's just a joy. You know, it's, it's just so nice to see everybody buzzing and everybody, like, very positive. I mean, that, that you know, the last game of the previous manager against Aberdeen, if you'd said that we'd be in this position now, back then, I would have never have believed you, but, but here we are. Robert, just to pick up on James's point, it's not something I thought about until he made it, but He's, I mean, obviously, Tav's, Tav's not going to go on forever and would like to think that Dejan Sterling will be here for a few years. So it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility for the manager to, in a, in a game, for example, like last Saturday when we're comfortable at halftime, to take Tav off and give him a rest. And rather than putting a right-back in for him, put Sterling into right-back if he's on the park at the time and replace Sterling whenever he's playing. So say Sterling's playing out on the left, bring on somebody to... Replace him on the left, take Tab off and put Sterling in there. You know, just just to give it a try. 
rather than pushing Tav forward, because it gives Tav a break as well. But it also does, as James says, just see what Dejan gives us at left back. James, just before I let you go, would you agree with right JD's point? Even. Would you agree with JD's point there that we should let Stirling drive the team bus to Rugby Park? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, uh, uh, the... It would be it would be good to see him in right back at some point. Obviously, I get everyone's point, and I do love our captain as much as everybody else. But going forward, maybe like I say, the smaller games. There's no small games at the moment, but I would like I would like to see him and how he does at right back, and maybe give Tav a rest at like at half time or something. That would be probably a better show. Listen, James, uh, James, thanks for your call. Do call again, mate. All right, thanks very much. All right, thank you very much, boys. Bye-bye. Good night, bye-bye. Okay, then. Uh, I'm just going to draw a line on the hearts for a, for a, for a, for a moment. Listen, do you want to call up and talk about it again? 01416287237. It's been a great night for calls tonight. I must say, you are all in fine, Phil. Um, Connor, I'll come to you on this. Uh, I saw a graphic today just talking about the spine of the side being a bit older. Um, but then the players that surrounding that, Clement seems to be adding a lot of youth. Um, you look at the the, the, the age of some of the guys we brought in, 20-year-old. Um, so it, it, it seems to be we're building something for the future. You hear him talking about, I think it was his, his last press conference or the press conference before that, he mentioned the best team he played in was a team that had been together for, for two or three years. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you build, obviously, particularly when it's, you get young players there coming through as well, where you build a natural sort of harmony with each other and that, that togetherness um, when, when you've been side by side for a, a few years and you know, you've you met maybe a, a bit of adversity and pulled through it and that's what happens that's, that's the nature I think that's the strongest teams you see are teams that have been able to to do that um, and, and gel well together and I think that's why you see you know there's instances of it in our squad I think you can see for example with Tavnier and Goldson <clears throat> you know they've played together for years at, at Rangers, and you can see um, just with the two of them, the, the spirit that they've got together, you know, and trying to be leaders as well, um, because they understand having been through some of the worst times since they've been there and been through some brilliant times. They know, um, you know, how to kind of deal with that now, and I think you get that by building up obviously some of the younger guys as well that you know get players out on loan who come back in, and part of the model is always going to be. You bring players that you can pull through the academy, build them into real good players um, for the future, and then at some point, you know, it's the it's the old club trading model. You, you you get them out the door, you get good money in for them, and then the, you know the cycle goes on. And you know we need to keep doing that. I think our academies maybe lacked that at times in recent years. If if you were going to pick at something, we've maybe not quite sorted out completely. But having said that. Um, you know, we've got good players, young players coming up. Bailey Rice, I know the, the gaffer is quite a big fan of his. Um, you know, Zach Lovelace, I believe he's just come back for his injury, hasn't he? He's just made appearances for the, the B team recently. Um, Adam Devine, who personally I, I, th- I thought actually had a really good game um, against Celtic yesterday at Fur Park. Um, he had a decent performance in there as well. So, you know, it's there's a lot of positive signs. Um, and, and I do think that we are going to look to build for the future. And, you know, I think in the summer you'll see some of that as well with, um, when he gets more of his players in the door and I'm sure there'll be a couple more young ones to come through. Awesome. The, the recruitment's been spot on so far. Um, it's, a, it's an A star, as they say, down in England in terms of your grading. So uh, I hope that continues. And I'm delighted to, or excited, should I say, to see what we do uh, recruitment-wise in the summer. Well, do you want to just answer that question quickly? Because somebody's interested in what you cut about Aberdeen in. Yeah, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to cut about Aberdeen and Rangers gear because I've got a poncho for wearing shorts, as all you guys know, and I've got a Rangers tattoo on my leg, so it's fairly obvious what I am, whether I'm wearing Rangers gear or not. But I do tend to wear a lot of Rangers gear about the place. So yeah, and as uh, as Mike's as Mike says in the comments here, if you stay in Aberdeen, wears Rangers colours. It's not, it's not as bad up here as they seem to think it is. So because they're all, they're all on their own, they're all cowards. So yeah, it's fine. I love that you sprang there and love ponchons. Was it? Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, sure. Was that, yeah, was, that, was, that, was that come on inspired? Was it? Oh, lovely. <laughs> no, no. 
um, okay. And if you and, I, and if you listen to the woman the, the women's pod from last night, you'll hear me talking about players caressing balls into the corner. Football's <laughs> that is. <of> <laughs> right, we're in thin ice here. We're in thin ice. We're going past nine o'clock. Um, okay, Brian, I want to talk about shooting from outside the area uh, because the manager says it's something we've been practicing for months. He said it's something that we're trying to be, get to become a natural way of playing, something they don't have to think about. They just have a go. Um, you know, whether it's getting in the back of the net or we're, we're getting you know the chance on the rebound, it's, it's certainly become fruitful. Very much so, and I think that's something that we've been you know shouting from the stands for a long time. Is you know plenty of, we've had plenty sort of uh, chances of somebody having a shot from outside the box, and they they use the ticky tacky and you know st- instead of just hitting it, they use the ticky tacky and oh well, I might find somebody better because just hit it. I mean, John Lundstrom was probably the only one before Cologne came in that would have a dig from outside the box. Now you've got sort of uh, Lawrence when he's fit, uh, Lundstrom, uh, Diamandi's obviously not scared now. I think Cortez as well. So, and you know, there's a few there's a few others you could say that they're not scared to have a dig. And that's if you don't buy a ticket, you won't win the lottery. So at the end of the day, as you say, it might come up, but you might get a deflection off the goalkeeper uh, defender and into the goal. You might get a, a rebound. You never know. But if you get a chance, have a dig because it sometimes pays off. Absolutely. Um, okay. We are in the home straight. Um, so get your calls in 0141 628 7237. Um, people, the producer's going mad about saying tonight we've had a, a fish in water and we've had a, if you don't want to, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. Apparently, it's raffle. So, if you get any other any other scenes you want to fire in for the last 10 minutes, do get them in the comments. Um, yeah, 0141 628 7237. We've squeezed another couple in. Come on, where are you? Um, well, if I want to talk about actually the 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 the, the recruitment um, in particular, Diamandi, but it seemed to be we tracked him for quite a while, according to the manager, when when I heard him talking um, after the game on Saturday, saying that it's I don't know whether he meant him and Coppin per se, or he meant the football club, um, but it's nice to see we're we're doing our homework and it's not um, just that you know plucking a name out as a guy in the form, but actually there's a, there's a bit of studying going on behind it. Yeah, I was a bit confused by that when he said we've tra- we've been tracking him for two or three years. Whether the yeah. we is the football club or whether the we is is him or whether the we is the director of football, um, but but it's it's nice that they've that they've gone back and revisited it because if you go back to the previous manager, he had um, he had looked at he had been chasing players for two or three years and seemed to take them on the form they were in two or three years ago and they just didn't work. You know what I mean? They had some of the signings that that he made from that he'd been chasing for a while. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's good that, that they are doing doing their due diligence as they call it. Uh, the, the one that that came out over the weekend that I was really 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 delighted to hear was when Jack Butland said that there was a very brief conversation about do you want to go and he went no, I'm staying. And the agent said his, his agent said to him, good that's a good answer that's the right thing to do in the club but we're not fucking selling you anyway but. You know what I mean? But the fact that Butland went, look, there's, there's work to be done here, there's things to finish here, that he doesn't want to go. You know, because he must have had offers that would have given, given him more money. So the fact that he's come out straight away and went, his first reaction was, no, I'm not interested. You know? And it's also quite encouraging that the, the um, he said that the team were away on like a a team event on on, uh, signing, on transfer deadline day, which meant they must all have been comfortable in the fact that none of them were leaving. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't go away on a on a team, I don't know if it was a team bonding, team building, or a, or just like a, a a team event. But he said it was a team event, so you wouldn't take everybody on a team event if it was if it was chances that one or two of them would be leaving in a hurry. So that's quite encouraging as well. The the, the fact that all, all the players obviously knew what was going on. There was comments actually from Butland. Interesting you bring him up because he'd said about the manager, and there'd been a perception of Philip Come on, maybe ruling by an iron fist to a degree. But uh, he said that, that the manager was was not like that in terms of managing the group. He was more about tactical nous and, and managing them one to one. So it was interesting to hear those comments, Brian, that the manager is actually taking a different tact with the press and the media to as with these with his group of players. Yeah, I think he's he's obviously portraying a. Uh, his character one way in the press and then he's got a totally different one with the players and that's that's fine by me uh, if everybody else thinks he's a, a sort of tyrant and a dictator then that's fine by me as long as he's getting a tune out of these players that's all that matters 
But I mean, it's going back to what Butland was speaking about. You know, he's he he realised that you know the size of the club when it was. I think it was uh, Al McGregor's testimonial. And he he looked up and he seen the sort of love that McGregor was getting. He actually said, "You could have a bit of this if you if you hang around." And that's a sort of that's the sort of thing you love to hear. A, a guy coming up um, from down south and you know a, a high profile, well once a high profile player down down in England, then getting a chance up here, and he's he's obviously loving life and. He's, he's seen that the the sort of the way that they, we treat sort of McGregor and the love we had for him. So he's I think he's he's here for a while yet. Don't think he's going anywhere. Well, we'll talk of people being here for a while. John's on the line and he's about to throw a cat amongst the pigeons. John, welcome to the Rangers Rabble Podcast. Hello, good evening, gentlemen. How are you all tonight? You look all, you all look resplendent in your blue. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Well, my wee point tonight is. About success, uh, as, as we all know, Big Phil talks about game management, game to game. He doesn't look ahead. It's always about just about the next game. All the talk about, oh, do you see he's winning the league and everything else and everything's going really well. My point is, like the gravy monster on the other side of the city, as soon as a big check was splashed in his face, off he went, obviously leaving them the success that they had. Now, I'm sure like you, we win the treble this season. We do well in Europe. And then the teams from down south who have got a far bigger budget than us come calling with the big checkbooks. Do you think Phil will be tempted to go? Or do you think he sees Rangers as more of a long-term, I don't want to say prospect, because we're not a prospect here, but a long-term thing that he wants to do. He wants to, to stay for a few years to see how well we can do in Europe, to see how many trophies he can win us. I know Martin said there, and I forgot about this, that he was tempted by Saudi Arabia. Well, let's face it, Saudi Arabia is not anything than Glasgow Rangers. I'm just wondering what you think about that. Connor, first and foremost, there's got to be an offer on the table, but hypothetically, um, do you think he's here for the, for the long haul? you think in his own head he, he, he's building a project? You know, he's had back-to-back-to-back titles, I believe, in, in his native Belgium. That might be something he could taste here if he sticks at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to wish him away. Um, I think that the reality is that the more successful he is at us, then, you know, um, John is, is right to say that bigger clubs down south where, where you know, we'll start pulling out the, the money bags and trying to bring them down there. Um, and that's that's the nature of the beast. Um, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think he's, he's almost certainly here at least until the end of next season. Um you know, hopefully longer, but <clears throat> you never know because if he if he is getting the levels of success that we all hope he does, you know, if he does win a, a treble this year, which there's every chance he could do, um, but again, don't like jinx it, so we'll, <laughs> we'll go far too far down there. But um, then clearly that will raise some eyebrows given what he's actually inherited when he came in to, to turn it around and do that would be incredible. And I think he is a manager that's held in, in some high stock. Um, particularly obviously in Belgium and stuff as well. So but um I think enjoy him well we've got him. Um and, and I'm pretty sure we've we've got him at least for the next year or two. Robert, I think he, I think he's I think he's bought right I think Felix was bought right into Rangers. I mean he keeps saying and he says it on a regular basis that at the last club he was at, which was Monaco, he didn't have the synergy with the supporters. There was nothing about the club because Monaco they're a well-funded club, but they've got about, about four supporters in, in that pitch on top of that car park they've got over there in Monte Carlo, you know. And he's, he said, look, you wanted this energy about four rounds down the line. We're playing we're playing a big part in this as supporters because he's, he's got us back on side. He's, re- he's reveling in the fact he's got us back on side. Right? And I think that's going to be massive to keep him at the club for, it depends how you define a period of time. I mean, somebody put the club is two or three years, that's probably about right. I don't think he would walk away this summer, supposedly one of them. I don't think he'd walk away this summer because he could get big offers from wealthy, wealthier clubs in, for example, English Premiership. But he's not stupid. He knows he won't get the backing of the fans that he gets at Rangers because there's no other club like Rangers. And he, I think he kind of realises that. So, you know, I, I don't think... He's obviously he's obviously not, not going to be here forever in a day, but he does seem to like it here. And... He likes the club. He seems. It seems to be a project. I think. I think he's here for the medium. Let's call it the medium term. 
John, I would just say, much like the manager, much like the players that come in, we've just got to enjoy them while we're here. Um, there can't be any room for sentiment. We've got to just enjoy them while we're here and get the best out of them while we're here. And, and hopefully that brings us as much success as we deserve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would just be nice to... Not security, but just think, well, if he is here for another two or three years, then that brings a lot of stability. And as well said, the other supporters all love that. Because we don't want someone else coming in who's a bit of an unknown, who changes things. And obviously that can happen. Because the way we're playing just now is more like Rangers. I mean, I'm, I've seen, I've been watching Rangers since about 1972. And I've seen some tremendous teams who played good attacking football. And it breaks your heart when you see things like Beal and Van Bronckhorst are getting us to play like you're going, come on. And he's pretty much brought that back. And a long, long may it stay, you know what I mean? Because we're just destroying teams and hopefully for the rest of the season we can keep doing that. John, thanks for your call. Pleasure. So thanks, Cheers. Thanks very much for your answers, guys. No worries. Talk to you again. Take care. See you later on. Right, just before we, we call it a night, I do want to talk about Kilmarnock because obviously we've got a podcast build-up and reaction on Wednesday night. Um, I'm going to come to you, Connor, because obviously you do the Scottish football show alongside me and we'll talk about the opposition actually and, and what to expect. And I'll, I'll get the guys' views on, on, on team selection as well. But just um, in terms of the game on, on Wednesday night, it, it's probably a, a, a toughest task today, I would say, since the winter break. Um, Kilmarnock are in really good form. We've also already mentioned that their home form on, on the call we, we, we heard that earlier on. Um, and they've actually got quite a decent squad and a bit of an identity now. Uh, they do. Um, there's no no getting away from that. And there's, there's certainly players uh, in, in the Kamala squad that can hurt you. Um, you know, obviously, Danny Armstrong is there. He's been in good form. Um, you know, they brought in Van Veen, they've still got the sale, and uh, David Watson, who it was that got the goal um, at Parkhead last week so you know yes absolutely um, but to me irrespective of how Kilmarnock play if Kilmarnock go out and play at their best as long as if we turn up in the way that we did um, on, on Saturday there then we should have absolutely no problem um, getting past them it will obviously be different yes because as you say you're on that pitch it's never easy to to go and, and, and play there and get results there um, and, and to be fair Kilmarnock will have absolutely no fear because they have been a thorn in the side of, of both um, of the old firm teams this season, um, it has to be said. So, you know, I, I expect it to be a tough game, but I still expect us to win that that game. Um, and then I think that the positive for us is if we get by that game, yeah, you know, the next sort of three or four games after that and the, the build-up to uh, the, the old firm at the start of April are you know, I don't want to say easier games, but aren't as they're more favourable. So this is really a the, the the a big game, really in terms of if there's going to be a banana skin, this could be it. But I don't see it. I really don't. I think we are just in too good a form right now, um, and I think we will go there and and set right what we didn't do at the start of the season and, and take the three points and, and get it back up the road. Brian, you've been like a giggling schoolboy at some of these comments tonight. You have. I'll get you back into the conversation just regarding team selection now we've spoke about he likes to keep us on our toes we don't know who's going to be playing game to game but I just want you to give me a, a, a good stab at what you think he will go with I would um, well I would imagine um, that same back four I would like to see that stay um, I would like obviously Lundstrom and Diamandi to still be there with Sterling um, I'd like obviously Sterling and Lundstrom there just as because I because if I remember rightly, Connor, you might correct me that obviously Kelly are quite a, a robust team, can we say? So having a bit of steel with them two in the middle will hopefully repel that. Um, and then I think Silva will play, I think he's uh, he rotates the strikers, uh, you know, game on game. So I think Silva will play up top. I'd like to see Cortez let loose again because I just love the guy really do never thought I'd, I'd like a Colombian so quick after after Marillos, but here we are um but no uh, as long as that sort of midfield three are there because I, I'm I think uh, Diamandi's just coming on to a game and I just like I would like Sterling and Lundstrom is a bit of sort of stealing that sort of midfield and just for Sterling's just general energy as well he's just so 
sort of it's just full of beans and he just won't stop and that would be great for a game like Kamarnock. Well, is there any chance at all that we'll see Silva and Dessers start the game? Maybe Silva in the 10 with Dessers up top or is that just pie in the sky? I thought he might have done that on Saturday against Hearts. I said that on Friday. That that's what I thought he might have, he might have tried that. I don't think we'll see it from the start. I'm not saying it won't happen during the game. He, he did a little bit of it on, on uh, for about 10 minutes on Saturday when he put Silva on. I think that was the first time the two of them were on the pitch together. Um, I don't think it'll start that way, no. Um, I mean, Brian's probably just about nailed, the, about nailed the start team, although he only gave us 10 players. But I mean, that's, I mean 10 players should be enough to beat Kamal like anyway. But, uh, but no, I think, I, I, I agree. I think I think Silva will start and Dessers will come off the bench this time. Um, I think there's more, ch- there's more chance of seeing Silva in the 10 and Dessers through the middle when Roof's a bit fitter because he tends to swap the strikers for each other, apart from Saturday when he didn't. And if he's got Ruth, if he can maybe get maybe get half an hour out of Ruth, he might then he might then go with Silva in the ten, Dessers to uh, centre forward, and then after an hour take Dessers off and put Ruth on. Or Lovelace, if Lovelace is getting back fit. I mean, he played as you touched on earlier. He played today in the B teams, win against Dundee, uh, missed a penalty as well. Did uh, did Zach, but that's one of those things, I guess. Um, Ruth scored, which is encouraging, um, and it was it was it was good that the. The, the Rangers Twitter account, the Rangers Twitter account, but it was a pre-planned substitution. The roof went off, so he was only ever getting forty-five minutes. So that's forty-five minutes in his legs. So I'd be surprised to see Roof involved on Wednesday, given the given the pitch that we're playing on. But you never know. But no, I don't. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll see the two of them start the game. Um, Silva and Dessers. Not yet. Not till Roof's a bit far. Okay, okay. That was a, a good shift. I really enjoyed that. Great calls. Uh, some great comments as well. Brian has never laughed so much in his life. Uh, he's going to go to bed a happy man. Listen, we are back uh, Wednesday night. Build up the action as a, as a touchstone. Thursday night, there's a, a Scottish football review show of the midweek fixture card. Uh, you've got your Friday night pod as always. And then Saturday, you've got a build up reaction from other So we're absolutely jam-packed. Make sure you get the, the notifications on uh, and don't miss us. Um, delighted. Yeah, cheers for your, 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 your company tonight, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Wilf, Connor, Brian, and we'll see you again on Wednesday. Cheers. Podcast Network.